It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Here's the staff to Riley's. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's going. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown, Eskimo. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, let's get it going. We got an Oilers game tonight. Face off in a couple of hours as they take on the Colorado Avalanche. You know what? The Oilers are 6-4-1 on the road this season. Actually just one off the league lead for most wins away from home. We'll morph into the face-off show and have a heavy hockey focus in about half an hour. We're going to hear a little bit, though, from Leon Dreisaitl in the next few minutes. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. And I want to start it off this evening with a look at the out-of-town scoreboard because it is a busy night in the NHL. The Jets and the Wild underway, actually into the second period now. No score. The Maple Leafs in New Jersey, they've jumped out to a 3-0 lead after the first period. 0-0 in the second period between the Red Wings and the Sabres. The Rangers lead the Penguins 1-0 early in the second frame. Same point of the game, and it's the Capitals leading the Blues 1-0 and also outshooting St. Louis 10-2. Calgary and and Columbus, nothing, nothing, early second period. And six minutes to go in the first. The Flyers and the Lightning are still looking for the first goal. Still to come tonight, Stars and Predators. San Jose home to Chicago as the Blackhawks continue their long circus road trip. The Canucks play at the Coyotes. The Oilers next two games after tonight against Arizona. And the Islanders, after that marathon shootout against the Anaheim Ducks last night, move on to play the Los Angeles Kings. Of course, you can always reach me here on Inside Sports by texting 630-630. And uh, the phone number is 780-496-0063. You can email... For those of you still using that archaic form of communication, inside sports at 630ched.com. The scoreboard was presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310 Glass today. Our studio producer this evening is the astoundingly competent Matthew Panasha. Hello, Matthew. Good evening, Reed. You've cracked out the Oilers' hat tonight. Pleased to see that. Have you uh, have you retired the Eskimos attire for the off season? Unfortunately, yes. I wore. I was in San Francisco Sunday, and I wore my Eskimos shirt around. And unfortunately, oh, did you go to another game? Yes. What, which, what did you see again? I went and saw the Patriots and the 49ers play. Okay, uh, I don't. I, I believe I'm trying to remember. The Patriots controlled that game, did they not? Uh, I would expect was them to. Twenty-seven to ten. Twenty-seven. Okay, so. Not over. And Gronk didn't even play, right? No, disappointing for us, but that's okay. All right. Uh, did you do any others? Uh, did you see any other games on the weekend? We were just in and out. In, 
Just hit Got it out of the Bay Saturday, Area. out of their Monday. Had you been to the Bay Area before? Yes, I have one time, yes. I have never been. I uh, I enjoy California, but I don't, I've only been to the Santa Monica, Los Angeles you need region. To go and, you need to go and see Alcatraz, man. Alcatraz is awesome to go and see. Awesome? Yes, awesome. It is awesome. It is quite is the it a, place to go Is it a guided tour, or do they just turn you loose? Run <laughs> through the prison, citizens! No, it's a guided tour. You actually have to buy your tickets early if you're going to go, like a month before, because it does get very busy there with people trying to get on. But you have to go on the boat and take the boat over and then stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very entertaining. And plus, there's wine tasting in Napa Valley you can go and do, and it's quite the place. Plus, if you're there for cars, I mean, cars galore in August there with the, with the Pebble Beach Concourse and all that stuff. They line up all these antique cars on Pebble Beach. It's it's quite the, quite the fascinating site that's for sure well awesome stuff i'm glad you had a good uh, trip that's a couple of little sports trips you've done this fall good, i got one more you, left buddy. what you're still you, you have more holidays this year where are you <laughs> going next i'm going to minnesota next thursday to watch the vikings and the and the uh, cowboys play okay that's the last you one, like I the promise. cowboys yeah, I'm, I thought I'm, you I'm liked a decent the Bengals. Fan. No, I'm not a Bengals fan, but when I was a kid, I was a Cowboys Bengals fan. Bengals are so. doing poorly, are they not? Three, six, and one. And didn't, uh, make the playoffs didn't, this green, year. didn't Green get injured? AJ and also Giovanni Bernard, one of their running backs, torn oh. ACL out. World of hurt. It is. For the old Bengals. Well, you can't win every year, buddy. Well, they, Unless you're well, the Patriots. Except you're, you're the Bengals, they've never won. No, I just don't think they've made the playoffs. You five can't years win in every year, so. or in the Bengals' case, you can't win any year. Well, the, the the two years I'll say this: the two years they went to the Super Bowl, read you were they, they played the 49ers twice in Joe Montana. That's pretty tough to beat, man. And they were thirty seconds away in '88 from doing it. So. That's right. Uh, Taylor got the winning touchdown. Yes. All right. So the Oilers will be going for their third straight win tonight, taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Here's Leon Drysaddle. A more solid team all around throughout our lineup. Um, you know, we get goaltending, we get different guys stepping up uh, on different nights, and um, you know, obviously the big bodies we have, you know, that that, that helps so much in, in this league. You know, um, we're not getting pushed around anymore by any means. I think we're actually one of the tougher tougher teams in this league now, probably. So uh, it's nice to have those those big guys around you. All right, Leon Dreisaitl with six points over the last four games, a four-game point streak. So he's been hot. He had three points in beating Chicago 5-0 on uh, Monday night. And it's, I mean, don't don't tune in late if you want to catch the Oilers and the Avalanche tonight because that whole trend with a goal early in the game really has continued, though it's now swung in the Oilers' favor. They had that stretch of five out of, uh, what, five out of seven where they allowed a goal in the first couple of minutes. They had nine games in a row where they allowed a goal against in the first half of the first period. That was, you know, big reason why they had a five-game losing streak, and now they've turned it around, at least for the last couple of games, scoring in the first three minutes of the game against both Dallas and Chicago, and then they went on to win. And what's interesting for the Oilers here, two goals against in the last two games, they have not allowed a goal at even strength. Dallas scored and both were on the power play. So that uh, speaks to the Oilers playing pretty well lately. And McClellan, head coach Todd McClellan, talking about what it means to have beaten the Chicago Blackhawks so badly a couple of days ago. Well, I think it's a, uh, it's a confidence booster for us. Uh, we've had some of those games where there are... Uh, there's a little asterisk beside it because of the the past uh, Chicago, Washington, St. Louis, those types of teams that have have had very good runs for a number of years. And and when the asterisk goes there and you have success, you feel pretty good and f- pretty confident about uh, about what you're doing. But there are some teams that are at the other end of the scale, and you need to beat those teams as well. And uh, uh, we have to get better in that area. But um, 
you know, the Chicago game should leave us feeling good all over the rink. Uh, but that confidence is earned every night. You can't ride that Chicago wave for, uh, for two weeks or it'll come back and bite you quickly. All right, so that's head coach Todd McClellan as they go up against the Colorado Avalanche again. The face-off show coming up at 6.30, and the game will start at 8. Cam Talbot in net for the Oilers. It is the same lineup. Semyon Varlamov will p- play for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. He's 7-9 and nine in his career against the Edmonton Oilers. No Landeskog tonight for the Avalanche. He's going to miss his fourth game in a row. It is his 24th birthday, and he's out with a lower body injury. You can text 630-630. The big L says, is Matthew's hat stitched with let's make the Oilers great again? Oh, my goodness, big L. Combining politics and sports. Not as nice as rum and eggnog. Or so I've heard. Trucker Rick says, uh, hey, Reed, I had to take a night off in Sault Ste. Marie. Happened to sit next to a guy at the bar watching World Cup of Hockey. So this would have been in September. He sees my Oilers hoodie and the hockey talk is on. Tells me he's a coach with the Greyhounds. Played 14 years in the NHL. Shows me pictures of Darnell Nurse. LOL. Didn't recognize him because I watched most of my games on the radio. Uh, Joe Sorella, nice guy, sure talks highly of Darnell Nurse. That's a note from Trucker Rick, who we always love to hear from. And uh, Trucker Rick, I hope you're able to watch and or listen to the game tonight. Should be fun. 6-14. Again, plenty of uh, hockey stuff. Oh, speaking of Darnell Nurse, we're going to have his dad on the show, uh, in the, on the face-off show in about half an hour. He's on the father's trip, so that'll be cool. When we get back, we're going to welcome an Edmonton Eskimos legend to the show to talk a little Grey Cup, talk about the pressure the Stamps may or may not be facing as the heavy favorite. Hector Pothier coming up. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This year, 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous will make Christmas dreams come true for more than 25,000 less fortunate kids. You can drop off a new toy at any shopping center, Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire, or at Santa's Warehouse, the Jerry Forbes Center at 121-22 68th Street. Six nineteen inside sports on six thirty. Chet Flames one nothing lead over Columbus. They're about eight minutes into the second period. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Oilers and Avalanche coming up tonight, eight o'clock faceoff right here on six thirty. Chet Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer will have the call. Grey Cup coming up on Sunday. It is Ottawa against Calgary with the Stampeders as the heavy favorites and to talk a little bit about the big game and other football related topics I'm pleased to be welcomed pleased to welcome to the show former Edmonton Eskimos offensive lineman Hector Pothier Hector how are you doing really well I'd be better if I was going to the Grey Cup and watching the Esks. Oh, I know, I know. It, it changes the whole tone of the week, doesn't it for Eskimos fans? Uh what what do you think of that snow game in the East final? That had to be some of the worst conditions, although they did play in another one. I think they lost as well. That were pretty brutal uh, snow conditions, but that was about as bad as it can get. And when they, they, when they lost the early lead, I was very concerned because I knew as the game went on, it would be harder and harder to try and come back. When you played, and you would have played in a lot of games deep into the playoffs as well, was there a, a comparable game in terms of cold or weather that you would have been in? 
Yeah, we had some of the early games in the late 70s. We played like 20 below, but and we had a pretty icy fields. Uh, I remember they were covering the stadium one year, and where they covered it with the tarp, and each of the seams ended up with these ice patches. And I remember Brian Kelly, you know, pretty brilliant guy in terms of as a receiver, and he would run his DB right onto the ice and then make his cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I that's what I always wonder about uh, the snow games. And I said that last week going into it because a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be low scoring, get to run the ball. And I thought, you know, but the defensive players gotta gotta deal with it too. And if they fall down or get tentative, their guys wide open. And I actually thought the Eskimos defense looked a little tentative in the first half. I don't know if the footing in the snow might have got into their heads a little bit. Well, I don't think the footing gets into your head. The footing is a real problem for the defense. As an offensive lineman, I love the game where the field was slippery and icy and in a condition like that. I mean, what can he do? I mean, he can't he can't do any lateral movement, which is a big part of a defensive lineman's rush, and it becomes a straight power game, which is perfect for me as an offensive lineman. I love to play, you know, just sure try and run me over. Good luck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you you were pretty good at uh, not getting run over, regardless of the of the weather, because I I think you were a, a CFL West All Star about four times. But uh, but anyway, uh, Hector Pothier joining us on Inside Sports. You know, it's it's interesting this week, Hector, because. Um, in my recent memory, I can't remember a, a Grey Cup game where a, a team was such a heavy favorite. I mean, whether you, you pay attention to the actual point spread or not, no one's picking Ottawa unless something, uh, <laughs> you know, really uh, several unusual things happen in the game. I mean, you played on some really good Eskimo teams that were often expected to win, often did win. What, what's it like carrying the mantle of being the favorite, the team to beat going into, you know, not just the Great Cup, but maybe throughout the entire playoffs, because obviously Calgary far and away had the best record this year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Calgary is the heavy, heavy favorite. It reminds me of our game with Ottawa, and I think it was uh, 81, uh, where we were the you know 30-point favorites, I believe, and ended up going down to a field goal in the last play of the game, uh, just because, I mean, it was one of those games where Warren in the first half just had a real tough half and it took Wilkie coming in just before the half to march us down the field we didn't get a touchdown but we got a field goal but for the first time in the half we drove all the way down the field and then when we came out in the second half Warren I think that settled Warren down he realized you know whatever was going on he was able to settle himself and we started playing football again so I mean and then we lost that Saskatchewan game what were we was it 12-1-1 or 14-1-1 uh, where we had our best record ever and first first or second play of the third quarter the quarterback turns the wrong way on a hot read and gets drilled and fumbles the ball and it was one of those sinking feelings for the rest of the game because it rattled him quite a bit and he just had this feeling that he wasn't he was he was struggling to try and overcome you know what had just occurred well, I think you're talking about the 89 West final then when Saskatchewan went on to, to win the Grey Cup. Uh, exactly. Yeah, so, it, it, I mean, is that what it takes for a favored team to lose one of these big games? Does something have to happen in the first, I don't know, five, seven, eight minutes where 
the the underdog team thinks, oh, that this might be our day, and and the favorite team kind of thinks to itself, wait a minute, that didn't happen all year. Why why is it happening now? Does it have to be something early? Do you think? I don't know if it has to be early because for us, we were you know up until half time, things weren't too bad. It was at the beginning of the second half when you know he turned the wrong way and okay. uh, got drilled by the. Uh, the blitz and fumbled the ball and they picked it up and ran it to our 10 and then they scored and but in that case it was more the key key the key person in the game which is your quarterback at all times mm-hmm. uh was rattled i mean he, he definitely got shook up by that play and it seemed to affect us the rest of the game yeah i think i think in a, in a game like this either you're gonna have to have some conditions to balance it out or you're gonna have to have a uh situation where somebody who usually plays quite well and obviously with Calgary they've all played quite well this year um someone key like their quarterback is just going to have to have an off day I, I found it interesting, Hector, that you mentioned that sinking feeling that you got on that play, and you you probably experienced that. And, and I mean, by that point in '89, that was towards the t- the tail end of your career, so you had been through tons of games, tons of big games. So I guess it just proves you're never immune to uh, whether you want to call it pressure or just feeling a little bit of bad karma out there, right? I mean, it uh, guys can be affected regardless of their age and experience. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the unknown and uh, the wrong circumstances, and uh, and that's that's what happened. We could you could just sort of see it in his, that he wasn't settling. And uh, as an offensive person, you know that if your quarterback's not on, you're in trouble. All right. So just give us a sense, Hector, because I know you're heavily involved with the Eskimos alumni and, and you're heading out to Toronto here. So just give us a sense of uh, what the alumni will be up doing and, and how you guys will be representing the green and gold. Well, we have, you know, we, uh, we sponsor a military winner every year. and uh, Scott Oliphant was the winner this year, and he gets to go to the Grey Cup. And so we, we take him to many of our events and we introduce him at each of them. He and his wife, Heather, will be... Uh, you know, attending the Legends Lunch, which is a CFL alumni luncheon on the uh, Friday afternoon, and then on Saturday morning, the Spirit of Edmonton, uh, and we introduce them uh, again at that. And you know, and we also say hello to everybody at the Spirit Room from the Eskimos uh, alumni because uh, you know they're they're pretty excited to to have the alumni there, as many as as, as make it out to the Great Cup. Um, and then we have our meetings. We have our annual meetings and go over, you know, looking at what we've done and sponsoring for the year and the different work that we do around the CFL, you know, in each of our cities. Well, you guys do a great job here in Edmonton and Northern Alberta, Hector. Thanks for going down memory lane with us there a bit. I know not all positive memories, talking about upsets, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I know we'll have you on the show again to talk about some other stuff as well. Enjoy Toronto, man. Thanks so much for your time. Okay, take care. That is Hector Pothier, former Edmonton Eskimos offensive lineman, checking in tonight. Will Ottawa be able to pull it off? I highly doubt it. Grey Cup coming up on Sunday afternoon. Oilers and Avalanche coming up on 6.30, Ched, tonight. Face-off show starts after the 6.30 news. Just want to wrap up a uh, Grey Cup thought here. There is the Jim Shaky Hunt Memorial sex question. That's basically what it's known as. Now asked by Terry Jones of the Edmonton Sun at the annual Coaches News Conference before the Grey Cup. This is, it's, I guess it's a thing. 
I don't really know why coaches would want to control this sort of thing. Sex for the players during Grey Cup week. Yes, no. So Dave Dickinson and Rick Campbell had to answer today. I don't know. If you don't succeed, try, try again. I guess that's our motto this year for the Grey Cup. So... <laughs> Keep it consistent. You're doing it all year. Keep doing it. Uh, just this is no different week. So uh, watch out, Toronto. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess you might as well have some fun with it. The uh, coaches' news conference today as they get ready for the Great Cup on Sunday. Okay. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, the studio producer this evening, the one and only Matthew Panashik. Shortened edition of the show tomorrow, a full two-hour edition from 6 to 8. Dave Campbell's going to host. I'm looking forward to going back to uh, Lloyd Minster for the evening. They've asked me to be a, uh, uh, a speaker along with Barry Stafford at a uh, fundraising dinner for the Midget AAA team. So that'll be fun, making the road trip to the border city tomorrow. Coming up on the Faceoff show, you'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl. We'll go into the opposition dressing room, Nathan McKinnon. We'll talk to Jack Michaels and a, a couple of special guests as well. Richard Nurse, Darnell's dad. Richard, a former CFLer himself. He'll be on the show. And Ken Reed from Sportsnet, used to work at CTV here in Edmonton, has a new book out called One Night Only about guys who only played one game in their NHL careers. That'll be fun to have Ken on the show. That's all coming up on the Faceoff Show. Talk to you then. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.